just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Glad to have you here today. And you know, there's a, a song out on the radio called The, the Hope of Christ. Uh, it's by a wonderful worship artist named Aaron Williams. Uh, he and his uh, co-founder, Catherine Mack, um, started these Dwell conferences, a ministry called Dwell. Many of you have heard of that. Well, uh, in addition to some great music, uh, Aaron has uh, his first book out, and it is available now, just released this year. It is called Whole. What does that mean? Well, I mean, that's what we all are called to. How do we get there? What does it look like? We're going to dive into some of those issues with Aaron today. Appreciate you guys being along. Uh, if you haven't liked, followed, subscribed, invite you to do that. Hit share, let other people know. Uh, and Aaron, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome. Thank you. So wonderful to be here. Look forward to our conversation and just glad to glad to be with you. So the title, whole, I mean, great word. Yes. Where are you going yeah. with this? What does it mean? Yeah, whole. Well, and I guess maybe it's helpful. It's spelled W-H-O-L-E, right. not, uh, right. not like the hole in the ground. But yeah, it's referring to learning to relate to God. It's language we use in the book, learning how to relate to God with our whole self. Um, so much of the book is kind of uh, formulated from the great commandment, which appears first in Deuteronomy 6. And Jesus, uh, um, the writer at that point, says, you know, it's this, the famous prayer, the Shema of Israel, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, mind, and strength. And so the book is about trying to parse that out and ask, how do we actually do that? And what are some of the roadblocks that we come to uh, often, which uh, all of us do come to those roadblocks, some that we're aware of and some that we're not. So that's what the book's about, learning to love him with our whole self. All right. Well, let's let's tackle some of those. Yeah. Uh, let's start at the top. Uh, what's, what's the first aspect that you go into? The first aspect, um, well, the intro, I think, is important to this. We talk right. about relating to God with just half of who we are. And... Um, you know, how we stumbled into this concept was in just practical real world church ministry, uh, trying to help people who were having spiritual apathy or, you know, like roadblocks in their growth and just feeling like, man, I'm going through a lot of the right, I'm doing a lot of the right things. I'm going to church, I'm reading the Bible. Why, why do I feel stuck? Hmm. And what we began to find out just by helping people. And also, I mean, this is my own journey as well, is that oftentimes um, the key to unlocking that growth is was actually uh, coming into awareness that there were parts of who we are, parts of who I was, honestly, that I was just shut off uh, to the Lord in. And so the intro half um, has this kind of lighthearted way of talking about inhaling and exhaling. You know, if you think about breathing and you said, hey, have you ever heard someone say, you know, I'm really more of just an inhale type person. <laughs> um, I, 
exhaling. That's more for those other people over there, but I'm more of just the inhaler type person. Um, as silly as that sounds, I mean, every time I say it, I feel silly saying it, but when it comes to parts of who we are, we actually can try to separate that which is tended to be together. And we know that when it comes to breathing, the inhale and the exhale is like inextricably put together. And so in the book, we dive into these sections. And the first one is our head and our heart, Mm. you know, the mind and the heart, if you will. And we talk about how these are two parts of who we are that are meant to work in tandem. But if we're not careful, we will kind of consider ourselves just to be a thinker, per se, or just to be a feeler. And um, there's a lot of dangers when we get into that kind of binary thinking. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is is the world has kind of picked up on this when we talk about the right brain, left brain kind yeah. of, you know, tendencies. And, and you see that. Uh, I mean, in, in my denominational background, you know, uh, growing yeah. up, up Southern Baptist, going to Oral Roberts University, uh, I've, I've kind of been around a lot of different camps. And some people do pride themselves on, on having all the knowledge and really getting it right. You know, others focus on, on the feelings and the experiential. And yes. they're critical of each other. And I, yeah. I feel like I've kind of walked both sides and kind of worked through some of those to go, you know what? They're, they're both valuable. They're both legitimate. Yes. And if we say, if we elevate one over the other, we're missing out. We're incomplete. We are. We're half, like you say. Uh, what's, what's your, I'm curious what your background is and if you came from, or your personality even is, is more yeah. one driven over the other. Yeah, totally. I, I would be in the same place. Uh, apparently we're pretty similar in that. I grew up in a small missionary Baptist church in a small town in Arkansas, went to a Southern Baptist school in Arkansas, uh, college, OB Washita Baptist university. Mm-hmm. And so that was my background. Um, kind of in contrast to that, my wife grew up in Colorado And she grew up in a a charismatic church, went to a small school that was within the church. And so our our two experiences have been kind of like we began on the polar opposites and we found each other in the middle and even personality profiling like a Myers-Briggs test, if you're familiar with that, tells me that I'm 60 percent thinker and my wife is like 80 percent feeler. Mm -hmm. And so... You can imagine, you know, how decision-making in our marriage goes. Um, But real practically, when it comes to the conversation today, like how we grow spiritually, um, the way I would say it is we both have uh, natural areas of strength that we lean in that's both personality-based and I love the the point that you're bringing up. It's it's based in our, like, church origin Mm -hmm. um, and what, what we became to know as... Uh, a practical ways of discipleship. So I grew up in a church that was very oriented around the Sunday sermon and around, you know, uh, Sunday school classes that did great training of the mind. And she grew up in an environment that certainly valued that, but valued uh, probably worship songs and the experience of the service in a different way than what I had. And so we both bring these things into our stories. And, and ironically, my greatest area of spiritual growth has been learning how to relate to God with more of my emotion, my heart. Yeah. Uh, And for her, like even in the new year, she's going, you know, I need some spiritual disciplines in my life around reading. Mm -hmm. She's like, if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll just wake up and listen to worship songs every day. And that's helpful and good. She's like, but I need to challenge my mind. Yeah. And so you can see how like, 
some of these areas of growth, you know, maybe our maybe the hinge point of our book is that we can't use our personalities or our churches of origin as an excuse to neglect that which is not our strength area. And that's what we that's what we tend to do. We tend to lean where where it's natural for us and then neglect or like you said, even kind of demonize uh, the opposite. When yeah. the growth area is to learn to, to bring it all. And um, and so it's like, you know, if you're right-handed, you, you need to learn how to throw with your left hand a little bit, spiritually speaking, um, or you'll run into roadblocks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's where a lot of people, especially in today's, you know, Western American church live. We, we focus on where we're comfortable, what we know, where we naturally lean, mm-hmm. and get we can get stuck there and and i, I think yeah. you're, you're on to something in that it is is it an it is an incomplete experience mm-hmm. and can be an incomplete relationship with god so if you feel like something's missing here maybe it's that thing you've been avoiding you know that thing Ooh. that makes you a little uncomfortable i remember the you're probably like me first time you ever walk into a, a charismatic church maybe they were carrying banners or dancing in the aisles or something were you a little freaked out yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was I, I was probably in high school. I, I didn't know what to do with it then. The older I got, I um, I began to appreciate and like actually lean into that more and more. Now I love it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was freaked out because my church, you know, the joke we always have is if you raised your hand in church, you better have a holy question. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Because it was stiff. Yeah. Um, and so I totally know what you mean, and you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, my, my joke is that uh, we believe in the Trinity. It's it's uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything, anything about the Holy Spirit was a little weird and a little spooky. Yep. Then, tell me if you noticed this, because when I got into, you know, uh, or you and some other churches, and, of course, we'd, we'd been politely asked to leave our Baptist church before I graduated high school. And so we were going to a non-denominational church, which seems to have meant at the time, no rules at all, <laughs> no order, <laughs> you know, look, like when we, for all. We, we, yeah, exactly. We rebounded hard. Right. Um, but I, I, I learned finally to get over my own prejudice and to appreciate so much in the, what we call the charismatic movement. But at the same time, you start going. You, you if you start digging a little bit, sometimes you go, "Wow, there's some, there's not a, a depth of understanding necessarily in some of these churches and with some of the people." Now, some many of the leaders to- totally have like somebody like a Jack Hayford. I was like, "Wow, this guy's got the depth." So I learned to appreciate him. Uh, but when we go in half way half hearted half headed yeah. um I, I it leads it can lead to some some issues uh some error but also just some frustration so yeah i know man i just we could probably just finish the conversation talking about that portion of the book because i think that's where so many people live and and to get yeah. the the head and the heart all moving together in the right direction which is towards god and both understanding and feeling it. And that, that, that is a wholeness. That that right there is big. It's big, yeah. It's big. Okay. Uh, I'll show people the book again. This is Whole. 
uh, with the W mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Uh, Aaron Williams is the author, along with his uh, co-founder and co-author, Catherine Mack. Um, it, it, the, the next section ties in with that, and it's kind of yeah. funny because you you hear people championing, championing one or the other, and it's not an either or, uh, it's at both, right? Yes. Not, not an either or, both and, we'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second section, spirit and truth, what are you saying there? Yeah, so spirit and truth, it, it is related to head and heart, but it's also different because now we're talking to some degree about um, how we relate directly to God in knowing him. Mm. Um, and this is this is the one where I really think um, prefer, personal preference and, and our churches of origin play a big role in this. Um, so for example, like I mentioned, I kind of grew up in a, a head leaning, and I would also say truth leaning church. Yep. Um, I'm also a worship leader and songwriter by uh, trade now. And so I find myself, I love music. Um, music is emotive and emotional. And um, I naturally found myself leading worship in churches and settings that were charismatic, that that had a sense of the spiritual and the spirit leading. And, um, and so I think when it comes to this conversation, one of the, one of the growth areas is that these two get divided um, maybe as aggressively as any other area in the church, yeah. you know, and it's almost like some Bible people grab their Bibles and said, Hey, we're just going over here. We just, we want to study the scripture. You know, we're going to leave the spirit and, and the, you know, maybe some of the weird stuff that goes along with it over there. And then there's this whole other group of people that are like the spirits where the power is at. It's where it's where the life, the joy, the energy is at. Like we it's true. And, and what I'm getting at is one of the things that we bring into the conversation, especially around truth and spirit, I think are fears of extremes. Mm. And And so if you're in the truth camp, you know, you grew up like me. It sounds like like you as well, Randy. Um, The fear is emotionalism. Right. And if we have any sort of emotional response, and certainly if that ever grows or builds, um, there's there's a distinct fear that we have somehow left truth. And we're in an emotional realm now that's like manipulative. And I think the reality is, is that can happen. Um, but it's the it's the excessive far side. It's the right. It's the far fear. Mm-hmm. So now we come over to this side. You know, if you think about um, maybe you grew up in a charismatic background, this would be my wife. Um, the the fear on the other side would be intellectualism, and it would yeah. be, hey, you're gonna you're gonna am- amass all of this great knowledge about God, and you're gonna miss Him himself you know you're going to miss the real relationship the encounter the dynamic aspect of relationship and i think this the reason that this is so important to just call out is um the growth area in spirit and truth for most people is to recognize if if you're wanting to go deep in one of them you have to have the other and so it's it's actually a fallacy that pretty much all Orthodox Christians believe that the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. And so if you want to go deeper in the truth, you actually need to learn to go deeper with the Spirit because the Spirit's the one that reveals truth. Mm-hmm. The Spirit's the one that 
illumines the scriptures to our understanding and allows us to understand it. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14 that when he was going to go away, he was going to send the helper, the advocate, who was going to be the spirit of truth, who was going to guide us into truth, was going to remind us what he said. And so Jesus himself is saying, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth. Yeah. Um, but it also goes the other way. I think for people who want to grow in a depth of the spirit, they're going to need the truth to help them grow. They're going to need some grounding. They're going to need a rootedness yes. to help them go deep. And that's where we have to just uh, come back and go, hey, some of these fears that we have about either side, and they are there, they're real on the on the ex extremes, uh, we can't let them keep us from growing in wholeness in these two areas. Like we, we have to reunite spirit and truth, word and, and spirit together in order to grow. And I think ultimately in order to have the power of God at work in our lives and in our churches. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Jesus blatantly said it to the Samaritan woman, you know, there will come a day, and I believe that day is here, yeah. where you will worship in spirit and truth. I think on the truth yeah. side, because that is, again, where I grew up and it's where I'm inclined, uh, part of it is a fear of losing control. But when you're not doing yeah. the leading and the spirit's doing the leading, you're not in control. Yep. So. Yep. And and again, this is back to personal preferences. I found that there are some people that kind of like not being in control. Like <laughs> yeah. they, they, right? it's a it's a thrilling thing to to be in a worship service and go. Uh, we're not in control of this. It's where the spirit wants to lead. Yeah. And then there's others of us that just like you said, that is like one of our greatest fears. Um, and maybe the point is that um, we we need to try to hold these in tandem. How do, how do we both like uh, steward that which we're given and also have open hands at the same time? And it's easy to talk about church services, but isn't this just how your and my lives are? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, right. how, how do I both um, plan and have a schedule for my year and my week and my family, yet also hold open-handedly that I don't control it all. Right. Um, and so I love that it, it does both have an effect in the church setting, but this is also just real life stuff of how do we follow Jesus now? You know, we need his word informing us and we need his spirit guiding us. Yeah, you'll appreciate this. I think at my previous church where I was at for 19 years until we moved, um, <laughs> I was on the worship team there, uh, background singer, player, you know, whatever. Um, and and one of the other background singers said said to the associate, the worship pastor, you know, hey, how come we never like, you know, I don't know, sing another verse again, or maybe transition to a song? If I'm leading, you know, can I just transition to a song? I know the band knows if if the spirit leads, you know. And he was like, no, you know, we don't we don't do that here. She's like, well, not why not? We should be led by the spirit. And he said, we plan the service, we plan the songs, and the Spirit can lead in that planning service as well as he can lead on Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. Not, I'm, just, I'm just an observer in this. It's a great it, answer. But it's, 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 those, it's both of those things, right? It's the tension that kind yeah. of runs between the two. And I just, I mean, I thought it was funny. It made, it made sense on both levels to me. Uh, but yeah, uh, your idea of, of saying, hey, let's not ignore the spirit, not ignore the truth. Let's not even try to divide, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30, fully spirit, fully truth. Yeah. That's whole. Love it, man. Yeah. I love it.
Yeah, you're on to Thank it. All right. you. Let's hit the last section real quick just so people know where we're, we're going. And obviously, if you want to hear the whole thing, you want to get to the depth, really understand it. Um, and there's more because there's a fourth section and there's a conclusion. I mean, so there's we're, we're just scratching the surface here. You'll have to pick up the book. It's called Whole. There it is, available now wherever you get books by Aaron Williams and Catherine Mack. Um, but I think the last one is important to at least hit on because it's out of the the wholeness of these both first two kind of areas that I think we're able to do the last area right. So explain the being and the doing. Yeah. And I think being and doing is one of the most culturally relevant aspects of our faith that we're experiencing right now, because I don't have to make a case for almost anyone that our, our lives are fast. They're full, they're scheduled. Uh, we all feel the pressure of busyness and full schedules and just like the stuff that we have to do. And so in this, in this chapter being and doing, we really break down, you know, which, which one's most important is, you know, is the chicken or the egg first. Mm -hmm. And it, it really roots in John chapter 15, where Jesus is with his disciples. He's essentially teaching them what life in his kingdom is going to be like. And if you know this passage, it's the uh, vine and branches passage where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You're going to have to learn how to live in such a way that you abide in me or you remain in me. And that word in the Greek is meno, which translate one way you can translate it is awfully often abide or remain, but it's also to continue to exist. Mm. And I love this because it's got an ongoing sense where Jesus is saying, you're going to have to learn to continue to exist in, in my love and in my relationship. And then he says this, and when you do that, you're going to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be like a fruit tree, like a vine. Um, and if you've ever been to a vineyard, you know, the visual I want you to get is when you look at a vineyard that's just full of grapes, it doesn't look stressed out. <laughs> It's just doing what it's made to do. And I think this is why Jesus's picture is really profound for us. You know, when we're talking about biblical mission, which is a lot of what being or I'm sorry, doing is about. Mm -hmm. So it's about taking the gospel to people. It's about feeding the poor, caring for the poor. It's about serving in our churches. All, all of these like imperative ideas that we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying, if you're not careful, you're going to do all of that in your own strength and you're going to like you're going to come up with your own strategies for it and you're going to give all this energy to it and you're not going to produce fruit that lasts you're going to kind of be like a car that's just spinning out its wheels you know burning a lot of gas but you're not actually advancing the mission forward very much and we see this in Jesus's own life the human being who carried the greatest mission on his shoulders than anyone else and what does he do often he steals away you know it's in the night nighttime he goes to the mountainside um and he models for us what it looks like to have this kind of relationship where our doing is rooted in our being and the being is almost like the foundational relational way of of relating to him that the fruitfulness comes from and it's this way of like you don't you don't rest from your work you work from a place of rest. And that's the fundamental shift that I really believe is so key for us because our natural, I would say our our culture's natural bent 
is to get it done and yeah. to to check the task lists off. Yeah. And I think Jesus's words to us are like, hey, that's that's good. And I'm glad that you care about these things. But if you're not rooted in me, it's not going to last. And I, we all want to do things that outlast us. You know, we want to be a part of things that are bigger than ourselves. And I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to. And so if we get being and doing right, we get fruitful lives. Andrew Murray in Abide in Christ pointed out something that I I hadn't really thought of before. And I'm curious if, if you realized this long before I did. But when you look at uh, the vine and the branches, right? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Has it ever struck you that the vine itself does not produce any fruit? It's only the branches that produce fruit? Yeah. Fascinating. So, but, a, but a branch that's not connected to the vine cannot produce fruit. Yeah. So what you're saying is is a direct correlation of what Jesus was saying. Uh, and and yeah. if we, he is the branch that we are continuously connected to, then yeah. we as vines, we will have no choice, but the, the fruit will come. We don't have to strive for it. And yeah. you know, you don't, you're not gonna stop it unless you cut yourself off from the vine. So yeah. that's the natural state of, of a branch. A healthy branch produces fruit because it's connected to yes. the vine. It is being in exactly this is yeah and he I was just gonna say he's essentially saying hey there's there's two different ways that you can do the exact same task in your day and one of them's in your own strength and one of them is connected to the vine and I think that's the that's the task for all of us to consider is how could I go about my day tomorrow doing the same tasks list that I'm gonna do anyway <laughs> but in a way that's more deeply rooted in Christ. Well, yeah, and really, the only way to produce Christ-like fruit, because otherwise, like yeah. you say, it, it'll we'll, we we can produce all sorts of fruit, and just it gets really twisted at times, and, and yeah. not yeah. healthy. It doesn't help those you know who need the nourishment. Uh, very good, strong message, Aaron. Um, Thank you. I'm guessing since you guys have been doing this quite a bit with Dwell Ministries and the conferences, this is connecting for a lot of people. It, it is. Honestly, it feels like a God thing in our life. Um, we we had aspirations to, to, you know, do ministry and write a book, but it's been one of those kind of things that the Lord has just used. Um, it just felt like we threw out some seed and he just brought more fruitfulness than we could have imagined with it. And so I'm just grateful because all, all we're really doing is uncovering timeless truth that's right here in front of us in the scriptures yeah. in a, maybe a, a more modern or relevant way. And so if it's helpful to people in their growth, we're just so grateful. Uh, it, definitely. Anybody that gets it and listens to it, it, it will help in, in your growth. I mean, it will, it will enable it. Otherwise you'll, you'll be like, he started up by talking. You'll be halfway there. You won't get the wholeness. Here's the URL for Aaron's uh, website, aaronwilliamsmusic.com. Uh, you're, you're touring, um, you know, the album's doing great. I know because I've heard some of the songs, um, on the radio, um, yeah. you're going to be pretty busy in the in spring into the summer. Spring and summer are both full. Yeah. Starting to write toward my next album, which is exciting and daunting at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, just super grateful to be carrying this message of the book as well, all the spring and summer into the next year. Very good. 
check out the book. It is called Whole. It's available right now by Aaron Williams, what Catherine Mack. Uh, and uh, check out the website. See if Aaron's coming to a town near you and, and go soon. You can experience a whole experience right there no longer will I one rely night. Upon Appreciate you guys being here, Aaron. Thank you for being with us. Check it out. Uh, all the things we've given you, it'll just help your spiritual growth and come back. We've got more for you here next time here on Life Today Live. Saying, Lord, have mercy on me.